thank you for being here on this special Father's Day. I think it's an amazing day, and I've got a, a lot to share. So I'll just, you know, just let you know this morning. If you want to connect with us online, you can hit the connect button. Of course, you can and here you you're here and looking for a church home. There's a connect card. You can fill that out. Next to the connect card, I always encourage you to be givers. We have a good, good father, and he teaches us to give. And so we give because our father has taught us to give. You can give online by hitting the uh, give button there. We want to connect with you in so many different ways. Just really quick. Next week, we're going to be opening up our Horizons group. If you uh, are retired or you feel like retiring, you just want to come and, and join in on the fun. Next week, we're going to have a special lunch with our Horizons group, our retiring group. And like I said, I, I know they said 55, but you can do 54 and 364 days and we'll let you in. Or 364 days and we'll let you in too. But we're going to have a good time. Make sure you sign up and uh, uh, Coach Horton will have that uh, sign-up sheet out there. But I wanted to express to you one more thing that's really important to me. This Wednesday, we're going to have our prayer service again. We're doing it twice a month, the second and fourth Wednesday of the month. And this is very good. I know it's summer. That's why we're only doing it twice a month. But it's so important to me. I hope it's important to you. I know it's important to the Lord that we are praying and seeking God. And let me just tell you again, our children are going to open us up with worship. So if you don't do it for me, do it for our kids. Because they love worshiping God, and they need to see you worshiping God. So I understand if you got something planned, no guilt. But if you have nothing planned, be here. Make a commitment. Worship with our kids. Pray. We need to pray. We need to pray. There is something on the horizon. And I believe, obviously, God is working. But there is also difficulty on the horizon. Let's just be honest. There is a housing market bubble. And the bubble keeps growing and growing. The thing's going to pop. Now, I pray it doesn't. I'm not praying that it pops. But, you know, there are just some things out there that if we're not prayed as a church, we need to be ready. Things are going to crumble, and we need to be ready to serve. So join me in prayer. And we've also made one more incentive. My wife is going to cook the famous taco salad. If you've never had it, you need to be here. And you can come and eat for free, but we're also taking donations for Speak of Life. So come Wednesday at 5.30 if you get hungry, but come by 7 to pray. All right. Dad jokes. We know some bad dad jokes. I've got some bad, very bad, very, very bad dad jokes. So here we go. Let's see. You don't need to write these down. I told my daughter... Go to bed. The cows are sleeping in the field. She said, what's that got to do with anything? I said, that means it's pasture bedtime. What has five toes, but is it your foot? Okay, these are getting better. I'm going to skip the next one. Because I don't know how. Let's, let's go to this one. We just bought our new dream house. And as I was showing our daughter around for the first time, she asked excitingly, what's up upstairs? I chuckled and replied, oh, sweetie, the stairs don't count. Poor child. 
What's up? Still have that. Woo! Maybe two more. All right, maybe two more. My wife said, you really have no sense of direction, do you? I said, where did that come from? One more. One more bad, very bad, bad joke. I sat down for dinner at a restaurant, and the waiter asked me, do you want to hear today's special? I said, yes, please. So he replied, no problem, sir. Today is special. Think about that one. It will hit you later. Today is special. It's Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to everybody. We have a, a gift. Sarah, there's a, there's a bag. As she gets hungry, she might start eating. They have beef jerky for every father. I learned something about beef jerky. I used to hate, I used to, I love beef jerky, but I did not like that about an antique. And then I had some people try this, and they said, this is real beef jerky. It's dry and crunchy. So this is the real stuff. I had it shipped all the way from Utah. Fathers, we have a package for you. Luke chapter 5, verse 1. Luke chapter 5, verse 1 says, picking up where I shared last week, and this is where I, but I want to share these five verses again with you. Luke chapter 5, verse 1 says, One day, as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let down the nets. I'll let the nets down again. Last week we talked about that phrase, one day, and how that one day, that simple phrase, one day, summed up the, the destiny of Peter and Andrew and James and John, and how that applies to us as well, and how there's a destiny that we all have, and how these four men had many ups and downs of life, and they probably definitely had more downs than ups, but when they met Jesus. When they met the Messiah, their life changed. It was no longer the same. Things began to change for them. One day, their life of disappointments opened up to their greatest opportunity when Jesus came before him. I think the Bible declares that better is one day in the courts of the Lord than a thousand elsewhere. And I believe that with all of my heart. Better is one day with Jesus than a thousand elsewhere. Better is one day with the one who has made me because in that one day he can fix me. Better is one day with the one who died for me because in that one day he can save me. Better is one day with the author and the perfecter of my faith because he can set me in the right direction. Better is one day in the courts of the Lord because he owns the, he owns the cows on a thousand hills and whatever my need is, he can meet 
better is one day with Jesus than anywhere else. There is no other place you can go that you can be totally satisfied. There is no other place you can go and find purpose. There is no other place you can go have an ultimate life. Peace of peace. Joy abundantly. You can't go anywhere. I can tell you, I've, I'm looking forward to Disney World, but that won't truly satisfy my soul. I can tell you, I'm going to be eating a delicious meal, but after that, I'm still going to get hungry again. But there is a place I can go where if I drink, I'll never thirst again. There's a place that I can go that if I'll eat, I'll never hunger again. I'll never want again, but I'll be able to declare, the Lord is my shepherd and I shall. Better is one day with Jesus than this than a thousand elsewhere. And Peter experienced it that day. But the struggle was real for Peter. And you can hear it in Peter's voice. Here he is talking to the creator of the universe. He's having a conversation with God Almighty. And God Almighty, Jesus Christ, says, I want you to go back out there and cast your nets. I would like to think that if Jesus were to come into my presence and he would ask me to do something, I would immediately, like, how, you know, you want me to jump? How high, how long do you want me to jump? You know, kind of a thing. But Peter's first reaction was, yeah, we have worked all night. We have worked tirelessly. The struggle was real for Peter. And how many of you have been there before? How many of you are there right now? God, don't you know my life is difficult? I know we're singing about God Almighty, but I've got issues in my life. I've got worries. I've got a to-do list for my to-do list. I've got things all over me and I can't even tackle them. I hear us worshiping God, but don't you know my life is difficult? Don't you know that there's problems in my life? How many times have we acted that way where we come into God's presence acting like he doesn't know what is going on in our life? Are you there today? Peter and his partners were there. Their achy muscles and their deflated pride could only first respond, we're tired. We're tired. Something inside of Peter. Faith. Something inside of Peter that I shared with you last week. Something born out of disappointment, I believe. Something born out of rejection. Something born out of the downs in life. Something inside of him that was true faith. So that when he said, but Lord, since you told me to, I'll do it. I'll do it, Lord. There was some faith inside of him that, that said, I'm going to do it. Peter had a date with destiny, and he did not miss that opportunity. This morning, every one of us has a date with destiny. We have a date with Jesus Christ. And today, if you do not know him, if you have not been following, today is your day. Everything that you've been going through, everything that you've suffered, everything that you've questioned, everything that you've doubted has brought you to this place. So it's your moment of destiny. The same with Peter, who said, it doesn't make sense that I'm going to do this, but because you say it, Lord, I will do it. And I know some of you are thinking, I don't want to, it doesn't make sense to follow Jesus. It doesn't make sense to give my life to him. beginning to open up your mind and beginning to open up your spirit so that you can recognize that the one who set this world in motion 
miss your opportunity. Don't miss your opportunity to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I want to pray right now and just ask you all to join me in a sinner's prayer. If you're online, I don't want you to miss this opportunity. If you're in this room, I don't want you to miss this opportunity. I don't want you to miss that moment where Jesus says to you, cast your nets on the other side. And I want you to be like Peter and embrace your destiny this morning. Embrace your opportunity to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. So I'm going to ask you all to say this prayer. If you say it and you mean it in your heart, it's a prayer, a prayer that I will pray often because nobody is perfect. Let's pray together. Dear God, forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Give me the strength to follow you. In Jesus' name. Amen. That's your destiny. You said that prayer with sincerity. He's with you. And we're going to help you. We're going to help you to follow him. We're going to help you to know him. And I want to tell every dad here this morning that when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're a champion. You're a champion. You have fulfilled the purpose that God has created you for. You are complete. There is no need for any other additions in your life. If you've accepted Christ into your life, you are a whole person. There is, you don't need anything else. I'm not telling you you don't have to go have anything else. I'm not telling you that. I'm just telling you who you are in Christ is all you need to be. And I want to set you free this morning. I want to declare to you today, you will never have to strive and you will never have to work yourself to the bone trying to prove your manhood. Because your manhood is already approved in Christ Jesus. You don't have to fight and bicker. You don't have to elbow people. You don't have to push your way to the top. Because with Jesus, you're already on top. You don't have to go out there trying to please people. You don't have to prove something by how much money you have in your account. You don't have to establish your business to prove to your, your, your other boss, look what I've done. No, no, no. You don't have to prove anything. We are living in a world today where men are struggling. They're working. And they're busting their tails because they want recognition. Because they want to be they want to be accepted. They want affirmation. I've shared this message with you several times in different ways about the affirmation that we're all seeking. Why are why do we get in fights? Why do we still get frustrated? We're, we're after affirmation in our life. We're after something that we can only have in Jesus. We're after something that will only satisfy us, and that is Jesus Christ. And I want to tell you, live this way. I've been living this way for probably 12 years. And I say this prayer, I say, God, you affirm me. You affirm me. Have I been challenged? Absolutely. I have been challenged. And there's been moments in my life where I've felt the pain of rejection. I've felt the pain of disappointment. And I had to slap myself uh, figuratively and say, wake up. You never got your affirmation from men. You never got your affirmation from 
people. You never got your affirmation from a title. You never got your affirmation from anything of this earth. You've always been affirmed by me, says the Lord. So I say, that's right. Why am I disappointed? Why am I angry? Why am I frustrated? I have everything I need in Jesus Christ. And I want to tell you, fathers, today, you have a destiny with Jesus. Live it out. Live it out every day. You'll whistle while you work. You'll skip while you're out in the yard doing yard work after working all day because you're affirmed in God, because you're complete in Him, because your eyes are set on Him. And the rest of your life, yes, it's difficult, but you know He'll take care of you and He'll watch over your life. Peter did not miss his destiny. I don't want you to miss your destiny, and I want to encourage you. Our destiny in Christ is a moment, but it is also a lifestyle. Coming to Jesus does happen in a moment, but it doesn't end there. It continues to happen. Tomorrow morning, don't forget, you're destined to spend time with God. Don't forget this afternoon, if you're frustrated, you're destined to fall on your knees and say, God, this was supposed to be a good day, but I can't believe this is happening again. I know of a father, they're not here, they're not connected to Calgary at all. And I know of a father who has wayward children that do not want to be with him today. And today's Father's Day for him will not be fun. I can tell you I've been praying for him, and I'm going to say, God, let him meet his destiny. Let him meet that destiny of you being his father, of you being his help in time of need. God, help him. Your destiny today is to know Christ and to make him known. Now, there's something that's connected with your destiny, and that is your legacy. That's where I want to end this, this morning. Your destiny and your legacy are connected. You see, Peter had a destiny with Jesus. He was a man who was disappointed, frustrated, and just spent the whole night fishing for nothing. But when his destiny came to meet Jesus, he didn't miss it. I know life is hard. I know life isn't easy. It's not going to always go as you plan. Life isn't going to be perfect. But you can love God and know His love. And Peter, he embraced that destiny. But while he embraced that destiny, he also set in motion his legacy. You see, today we're talking about 24-7 disciple because of Peter. One reason, because of Peter. Because Peter left everything. He left it all. He didn't miss his opportunity to follow Jesus when any, not, not everything was making sense in his mind, but everything in his heart says, you follow this rabbi. Go after him. Leave everything. And he said, yes, this is what I've been wanting. This is what I've desired. This is what I've prayed for. I see all that I've worked for, but I'm going to leave it all reached his destiny, and in turn, he began his legacy. And this is his legacy, and this is one of my first, uh, just simple thoughts for you today, what we're talking about, our, our theme here. We are called to follow Jesus 24-7. We're called to follow Jesus 24-7. Not 2-1, two, two hours on a Sunday morning, no. Or maybe 4-2, all right, I'll serve God Wednesday night. 
We don't choose the hours. We don't choose the days. We don't choose the circumstances. We don't choose when it feels good. We don't choose when it when it's when you're angry, when you're tired, when you're sick. It's 24 seven. That's how we serve God, and that's the legacy that Peter left for us. That we serve Him. We leave everything to follow the Lord. I had one of our elders this week call me and said, what do I need to do to serve the horizons on the 27th? That's the spirit of a 24-7 disciple. Now, most of us, let me go back to that story, but let me just share this. Uh, most of us, this 24-7 is an attitude. Now, we will pray and we will bless anybody that God calls to be a missionary to the ends of the earth. We would pray that, we would bless you, we would support you. But the realities are the majority of you sitting here today and online, you are going to live here today. So this is an attitude that you have, and that attitude was expressed to one of our elders who called me and said, what do I need to do to serve the horizons? You know, I love to call people and, and ask for help, and they say yes. But I really love it when they're calling me and saying, hey, what do I need to do? I know something needs to be done. I had another email from somebody and said, hey, uh, what do, can I help you on Wednesday night for dinner? And I said, yes, I don't have any help tonight. <laughs> she yells at me when I don't cut the tomatoes just right. No, she doesn't yell at me. She expresses herself in a louder tone than I don't do. Cut the tomatoes just right. I really love when people are living that attitude. And I can, I can go on and on about that attitude that is in this church because that attitude is in this church that says, I'm willing to follow Jesus 24-7, not just when it's convenient, not just when it's work day, not just when it's Sunday, not just when we plan the event. When can I serve? That's the attitude. That's the legacy that Peter was leading us. When you live a 24-7 disciple life, when you live with that kind of attitude, I want to tell you, you will leave behind a legacy worth following. You will leave behind a legacy worth following. You will leave behind a legacy that will change the world. You will leave a legacy that will affect people's eternity. Your business is important, yes. Your profession is important, yes. But there's nothing more important than leaving a godly legacy for people to follow. There is nothing more important than living this life that says, I'm going to leave, I'm going to leave everything to follow Jesus whenever he wants me. I'm his 24-7. It's an attitude that I have, and I will live, I will live that attitude. Let me just share this thought with you. Your destiny is where you're going. Your legacy is what you leave behind. And they're connected. Your destiny is where you're going. Your legacy is what you leave behind. And they're both connected. I can tell you right now, I am going to a place where I'm going to meet Jesus Christ face to face. That is where I'm going. That is my purpose. That is my, that is my focus. That is my desire. That is what I'm living for. That is what I breathe for. And I'm going to do that. So to God be the glory is that as I do that, I believe my legacy behind me, God will use for his glory and his honor. 
And I know those days I wake up where I'm, <laughs> I'm a little bit off. Wait, wait, get back over here. Get back over here. What are you leaving behind at Bethel? What are you leaving behind? What's behind you? And it does begin with what's in front of you. What is in front of you? What's the most important thing to you today? What's the most important thing to you? What's number one on your to-do list? What's something that really keeps you up at night? What's something that right now, if you start thinking about it, oh, okay, let me write down these points. I think they're good, but I can't figure out why. You know, what's really important to you? Because that is what's in front of you, and whatever is in front of you will affect what you leave behind. So are you leaving behind your children's frustrations? Then guess what? I think your job's in trouble because your job is always going to frustrate you. Are you leaving behind your kids' wants? I have a feeling money's in front of you because money will always leave you wanting. Are you leaving behind? Let's, let me just, in love, let me throw out worst case scenarios. Are you leaving behind bondage? Because there might be some things that you look at on, on, a, on the internet. There might be some movies that you shouldn't be watching. There might be some things in your life that are in front of you that are ungodly. And what are you leaving behind because of that? Bondage? Suffering? Yes. That's, what you're, that's the legacy. I have to tell you that. I have to warn you with that. What's ever in front of you is what's going to be behind you. So you better believe I pray every day. One of my great motivators is Alexandra because I know that she's following me. And I know my life that's in front of me is going to affect her behind me. And so you better believe I'm saying, God, help me to follow you. Help me to live for you. And this has nothing to do with being a pastor. This has nothing to do with being credential. It has everything to do with being a 24-7 disciple. And it has everything to do with wanting my child to know Christ and to spread His goodness wherever she goes. What's in front of you, man? Because that's, what's gonna, that's what you're going to leave behind you. I don't know where my other notes went. Who cares? I don't, I don't know where page 9 and 10 are at. Who stole page 9 and 10? I was making copies. I think they are literally on the copy machine. See what you did, Janet? Oh, that is funny. Everybody said, yes, he forgot the perfect. Oh, wow, look at this. Oh, man, yay. See that? Awesome. Oh, boy. All right. This, this, this point is worth it. Sorry, this is, this is worth it. So Peter achieved his destiny, began his legacy. And I want to share one more thought about that legacy that he did. One more thing. The Bible says that Jesus walked by and he noticed the empty boat. Now, there are no uh, accidental details in the Bible. Jesus is God Almighty. So he wasn't just looking at the boat for the sake of preaching. Now, he used the boat to preach. He used it for that, but there was something else. Because right after that, it says that he noticed that the boats were empty. 
and that they were clean That's what Jesus was asking them to do, is that these guys were getting ready to go fishing for people. These guys weren't arguing with each other. They weren't cursing the wife. They weren't throwing the nets away. He had to clean their empty nets. What that told Jesus is that these men don't give up. These men don't throw in the towel. That when the going gets tough with these men, they get going. That these men, you can't face them. You can't knock them off their pedestal. You can't push them aside. You can't distract them. You can't give them a bad day because they're just going to keep cleaning the nets. They're going to keep washing them. They were empty, but they know they're going back out again. And it's this spirit that I want to give to you. And, and I want you to understand this, that perseverance will bring an, an abundance of rewards. I want to share with you. Please receive that, if that if you won't give up. And so many times in the book of Revelation, when the tribulation of God is being poured out, you'll hear this phrase, to those who endure to the end, they inhabit it, they possess the blessings of God. And there's something to be said about perseverance. And I believe Jesus saw it. He saw the empty boat. He saw that they caught nothing. And yet they kept working. They didn't give up. And I believe Jesus said, I don't need the rich guys. I don't need the smartest guys. But I do need guys who won't give up. I need guys who are going to be focused on the goal. And they're going to keep going after it no matter what. No matter what's in their pocket. No matter what title is on their office door. No matter what people are saying about them. They will not give up. Perseverance. Dad, I want to encourage you today, first and foremost, that God is going before you. He is the good shepherd. And so first, before you start getting, you start getting worried, oh, here I go again. I've got to be a better dad on top of everything else. Guess what? I remember my mother telling me, memorize Philippians 4.13 when I go up to bat. Woo! We learned last week a lot of what that did mean. No, I do remember one night I did have a, a double with a couple of RBIs after saying that verse. But, you know, it was deeper than that because it's still in my heart today. I can do all things through Christ. He gives me the strength. As Jesus gives me the strength, not as my, not as Gold's Gin gives me the strength, not as, as Prudential Financial gives me the strength, not as anybody of my friends give me the strength, but as Jesus gives me the strength. It's something that doesn't come from here, but it comes from there, and it comes inside of here. And so I don't have to be a perfect dad. I don't have to be the smartest dad. I don't have to be the richest dad. I just have to be open to receive more of Jesus. Dads, this is really easy. It's not difficult to live for Christ. You just have to stop and let God speak to you. Yes, that sometimes is the hardest part of being a dad. Stopping. But physically, it's the easiest thing to do. Mentally, it's the easiest thing to do. Emotionally, it's the easiest thing to do is just to stop. We're wired to keep working, to keep serving, to keep thinking, to keep fixing. Jesus says, stop. You were created to come into my presence. You were destined to know me. You were destined to be loved by me. You were destined to have me into your life so that I could help you. Dan, and what you thought you could do in eight hours, God does in eight minutes. 
That's how this works. That's, that's how this works. And I'm not talking about a formula. I'm talking about a relationship. I'm talking about a relationship with God Almighty that if you abide in Him, He will abide in you and you will I call it the Word of God. I call it John chapter 15, one of my favorite verses and chapters of the Bible. I don't have to be the smartest guy in the room. I just have to come into God's presence and let Jesus' smartness come through me. That, I want to encourage you today. Be faithful. Persevere. Don't give up. Don't stop reading your Bible. Persevere. Don't stop praying. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Keep asking God for help. Quit doing it on your own. Stop for a couple of minutes, maybe ten at least, to start with. And say, God, I need your help today. I've got more things than you can think of, but Lord, I'm going to stop. I'm going to read my Bible. to work. I've got to do overtime. I've got to do this. And guess what your legacy is going to be? It's not going to be worth following. Because that's what our world is filled with. Our world is filled with men who have worked themselves to the bone and they have worked and they have worked and they have left behind hurting children. Unmentored children. Children who haven't had the time of their fathers mentoring them. Because we've been so driven. We've been so driven about our jobs and we've been so driven about retirement and we've been so driven about vacation and we've been so driven about making our family happy that we haven't looked back and say, what? Now I know, I'm not you know, you might say, well, Severe. And his sister's here. And uh, Leah's here. And 
Fields here, the pastor, the ordained minister, so thank you, Fields, Fields, for being here. God bless you. She knows how hard my dad has worked. And uh, he taught me perseverance because we used to drive 45 minutes to church. My dad worked a regular job and uh, throughout the week, and we would go to church. We would be the first ones at church. People that went to this church, most of them lived in that community, walked to church. We drove 45 minutes to Blue Island, Illinois, living in Joliet. And uh, we would be the first ones there. And the people who would walk there would turn and look at the driver's cut <laughs> That wasn't that bad. But uh, there were people who would walk there and still be late. My dad taught me perseverance. He taught me not to give up. And it came into play in, in 1999 when in my first uh, full-time position in, in Utah, my senior pastor was being disciplined. He had to leave. My associate pastor was being disciplined. He had to leave. Our children's pastor decided to leave. The worship pastor was married to the senior pastor, so she was gone. We were losing every pastor. Board members started leaving. People started leaving. And I remember sitting in a boardroom, and my district superintendent walked in. He said, Sue, Don't give up. I can tell you, to the glory of God, that I didn't give up. I put my hope in Christ, who was never in man. I put my faith in the Word of God, who was never in circumstances. And through the power of God, He gave me the strength to go through that circumstance. And today, I'm here declaring to you the Word of God that my Father taught me never to give up. Would you stand with me this morning? Let's. Father, I just pray you'll begin to move. I pray your spirit will begin to touch our hearts. God, I know some of us are trying to figure out things, and maybe you're, they're trying to figure out my message, or they're trying to figure out every little thing I've said. I pray, oh God, that they would receive the spirit of Almighty God. So the things maybe I wasn't clear about, your spirit will be crystal clear. Your spirit will your word will transform us and make us new. Oh, God, help us. Some of us wanted to give up today. We wanted to give up last week, but I pray your spirit will encourage us. Lord, I pray that you will father us. Father us. Come, Holy Spirit. Oh, we want to be a 24-7 disciple. We want to embrace our destiny and leave a legacy worth following.